0: This is the Spirit of Wellness podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Mather, and together with my producer, Rob Humphreys, it's with great joy that we bring you some inspirational stories and information to help you understand how spirituality is essential to your overall well-being. The wellness industry often overlooks spirituality, yet I believe it's key to understand that connecting mind, body, and spirit is vital for holistic wellness and spirituality is at the heart of the equation. This journey begins within, so I sincerely hope that something will awaken within you and spark your curiosity to explore greater spiritual well-being. Thank you for joining us for this episode and we sincerely hope you enjoy it. Please subscribe and like. It's supposed to help. If you'd like to become a wellness coach like myself, I highly recommend the International Association of Wellness Professionals. You can find the link in the show notes below. A very warm welcome today, Nikki. I'm really excited to have you here today. So your name is Nikki, and I'm not even going to try and (laughs) say your surname because I never get it right. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, my name is Nikki Dvorak. Nobody can get that right. No. <laughs> <laughs> it got Australianized, uh, the Czech surname, when I was young, growing up in Australia with a Czech father and therefore surname. But, uh, so that's me. I was born in Australia, Uh family's in Australia, and I've been a wanderer for three decades and a bit, and that's led me
0: to where I currently live in the south of Spain, in Malaga. Beautiful. And so tell us how you got into hypnotherapy because we, we met each mm. other through a mutual friend and mm. we both come from the travel background mm. and then obviously travel came to a screeching halt in 2020. What brought you to the hypnotherapy? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I would say about five or six years ago,
1: kind of the point of my mid-40s, I just hit a really big wall and I think it was the same year a relationship had ended. i come to Malaga for five days and on the fifth day put a deposit on the first place I'd ever buy and moved to a country I didn't speak the language or know anybody. In hindsight, menopause started and I just lost sight of who I was. And I went, I started, I think, a journey to discover more. Um, and then a few years ticked by and 2020 hit. And I see it indirectly as a giant gift of time, if that's not wrong to say, um, because it allowed me two weeks in to say this is what I've been wanting to do. I had maybe a further five-year plan to give up what I was doing, but you know it pushed me before I could jump, and I'm very grateful for that. So I got interested in different modalities of work, but something wasn't quite getting me unstuck in the way that I wanted to. So I wanted to discover more about the inside and the workings of the mind and the subconscious, and a friend sent me what I call a life-changing link to something about RTT and it just resonated. So I I found a um, practitioner and uh, we had a session and I went, that's me, that's what I need to do. And it was really from that I look back and it is the whole reason I'm here today and doing what I'm doing. But yeah, the journey was, it's been a roller coaster as life is, but uh, I feel very grateful every day for the journey that's led me here.
0: So just for those who don't know what RTT is... Mm.
1: So RTT is a modality of hypnotherapy. Um, It is rapid transformational therapy. It's a method inspired by Marissa Peer. She's been doing it for over 30 years, and I love it because it's very, very deep. If you imagine its vehicle is hypnotherapy, but it combines neurolinguistic programming, cognitive behavioral therapy, psychotherapy, it's a very deep method and therefore can bring about rapid change. We go deep into regressions. I liken it to an analogy. It's the difference between, you know, we, we tend to ourselves. Imagine we're a beautiful garden and we tend to ourselves. And in the corner of that garden, there's this set of weeds that keep growing. And we go out every month and we cut them off and we go, look, it's all done. It's all good now. And, but they grow back and we cut them off and they grow back. And that goes on. And I liken the difference with this is uh, one day you go enough and you get your gardening gloves on and you roll up your sleeves and you go down and you dig and you dig until you find the roots of those weeds. And then we explore why they grew there. And then what do we do like with the garden? We put in the new seeds of what you want to change and how you want to expand and grow. And it's, it's a beautiful process to share with people. And, yeah, I feel very honoured. I, I love, I have a lot of faith in the therapy.
0: I love that analogy that is absolutely gorgeous because mm-hmm. there's a Buddhist um thing where it says if we're looking at what we're experiencing today mm-hmm. it's because of what we've planted and what we've nurtured in our past. Mm-hmm. So if you want to change your future mm-hmm. what are you nurturing what are you cultivating what plant are you are you you know tendering what are you what what are you really mm-hmm. making giving your energy mm-hmm. to so that a future you know that people are worried about their future but it's really happening in the present moment isn't it
1: absolutely absolutely and uh, I was having a conversation with a client yesterday and he's in this limbo we've done some deep work Um, most of my clients are women he's a lovely uh, young guy in his 40s and uh, really wants to change things and We're quite a bit into our process, but he's like looking at the way he needs to be from all his past actions and he's getting very clear on what he doesn't want to be anymore. Mm. But it's like now we need to turn this around. Now you need to, the view needs to go the other way. You need to get clear on what you do want life to look like and rather than just be constantly feeling that you you need clarity on what you don't want. Yeah. So it's turning that around and it's, it's like a light shining brightly yeah. uh, from where you're looking from a dark place going, I need to change this and this isn't good and I don't like this about myself to, okay, what do I want to be instead? Let's leave that behind. We know that yeah. now. Let's look forward and very much as you said, that, is, that begins now yeah. and it's really caught up in now. So it's changing a lot of the way we speak to ourselves. It begins there yeah. and then that goes
0: out into the world. You use the word change a lot Mm -hmm. and I think change is, a lot of people are scared of change Mm -hmm. and it's probably one of the things that is, it's the most natural thing is that life is changing, world changes, Mm -hmm. everything is changing. So why is this fear to change Mm -hmm. ourselves and to adapt, you know, Mm -hmm. In, in cultures where there's the snake, for example, and, you know, that we fear the snake because it's, but the snake is is venerated in certain cultures because it has that capacity to to let go of its skin and to come into a new a new environment into a new shape and a new way it's also the lobster mm-hmm. and there's a beautiful very short video by this guy and I can't remember he's a rabbi and he talks mm-hmm. about you I think you've I seen that seen and that. about the lobster changing mm-hmm. and how it hurts mm-hmm. and I think that's when we focus on having to change We'll focus on the pain of that change instead of the pleasure going past that change. And so in hypnotherapy, how painful is this change process? Mm, it's a very good question. I, um, it's
1: very relevant. I had two interesting situations yesterday with a couple of other clients and one she's in the pain point because hers is very deep emotional um, wounds and traumas that she Mm. is done with because it's impacting all of her life and she's had enough and she wants to delve deep and change that and she rang yesterday in tears we had a call um, because it's the pain and it was exactly we were talking about that that this is the key moment this is the pain and if you can sit through this then all of this weights on the other side mm-hmm. everything that we're conditioning in everything that we're rewiring in, the positivity the the self-love the the changes so you, you're redoing a foundation you're resetting a new foundation to come from mm-hmm. and almost deconstructing what was there so how painful is it? I think depends on the individual. I think, and depends on the issue um, that people are wanting to work with. But yeah, it is about fitting into a new skin and shedding something. So there is a process to go through of letting something leave you. Yeah. I worked with another uh, interesting woman. We've been working together about six months, and we're coming to the end of that. And we've had more than one session, and it's like been taking off the whole layers of an onion. And the last ITT session we had was really delving deep into why at the heart of everything does she have this guilt and feeling bad and feeling like not she's enough. And we pulled that open. It's um, a feeling in her heart and her chest space. And she had a physical reaction. She was nauseous. For two days later, she just screamed. Mm. She had a re- something left her body. And that's an extreme example, but it's, it's left her with peace. And it was a real, it had been with her over 50 years, you know, this part of her. And so I think it's an older dad, but no pain, no gain. You know, it Mm. is that point of growth. And I know if I look back on my life, there's been so many times when it came to the pain when all I would do is mask it through whatever, whether it had been drinking or other, you know, vices over the years. (laughs) And one day going, it's the same pain. I need to sit with that and I need to go through that because I realise what could wait on the other side of that. And I think it takes so much courage to want to do the work, a lot of courage, but is that courage rewarded with freedom and liberty and your own evolution? And absolutely, yes.
0: And I'm so glad that you've brought this theme up, Nikki, is that You know, there's numbingness. Mm. So in the culture that we're living in, Mm. you know, we've all experienced some form of trauma. Mm. Some might be more intense than others. Mm. Um, You know, there's situations such as rape and, you know, violations and, you know, abuse and there's all sorts of things. And it might just be subtle that it's it's really, it's like having a stone in Mm. your shoe, isn't it? It's Mm. just like, oh, that's irritating. It's like, as you described, that weed in the garden. Mm. And so... When you have the situation of, you know, there's, there's this needing this courage to stop doing the same thing over and over again, where you're just going to the pub, having a drink substance abuse is rife and it's legal this is the whole thing is that alcohol and it's a depressant so it's not you know it's really not good for you, you think okay there's a temporary sort of situation of like let me have a drink and i feel better but then it has a, a negative effect on your central nervous system and then eventually if, if you if you do abuse and if you're very sensitive to your body you'll know that at the Three, four o'clock in the morning, your central nervous system, you'll start shaking. I have one glass of wine now, and and it's like, why did I do that? Mm. You know, so I know that you've given up alcohol, mm. and and I know that um, it does require a lot of courage. And I know that you're you're travelling again, and now that you're not using any substance abuse, how is that different for you? That you're doing the same work that you were doing before pre twenty twenty. And in 2020, before 2020, you were using, having wine or whatever it was, you know, to help you cope because it is a stressful job. Mm-hmm. But now that you've had two seasons, I think it's two seasons, haven't you, of one season of of working again, how is that different for you personally?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. And it's been quite in the forefront of my mind throughout the journey of all the, the last few months and having some old life come in with a new place that I'm at yeah. and with new habits. and. So it's been a bit more than two years since I gave up alcohol. It mm-hmm. just didn't work for me anymore. I didn't see that I would be someone. I thought it kind of went with social environments. It was mm-hmm. very ingrained. I was brought up watching parents drink wine with dinner every night. Yeah, It's what you do and very much the industry is that. But I also had given up um, cigarettes and coffee. I gave up the beginning of this year. So the three of those were pretty paramount in the day. (laughs) I thought I needed coffee in the morning to spark me up. And I thought I needed a glass of wine at the end of the day to wind me down and a cigarette somehow to calm my nerves. But all they were doing like is attacking my nervous system and leaving me in a different place. So the uh, in answer to your question, I think um, some of the biggest differences just a calmness of uh, a calmness within. Um, you're running on very little sleep a lot of the time, but there's no stimulants to be also trying to deal with in your body, mm. in my body, and so there was just a calmness. Um, with tiredness, didn't come the same. Perhaps anxiety or agitation. Stress felt much more reduced um, and much less jittery. There was never anything, every morning I just felt fresh, there was never mm. anything like, oh, I had a glass of wine with a client, did I say something I shouldn't? Or Never anything of that. There's, Beautiful. There's this, there's this purity about it um, that is never any regret.
0: Mm. There,
1: there's a clarity in thought, there's a clarity in action and you can be who you want to be because there's nothing, you're not using anything to mask. So it was an interesting one, seeing a lot of old people on the road going, surely you're going to have a glass of wine with me. It's, it doesn't actually interest me, Yeah.
0: Um,
1: which is a few years ago, I would have never thought that would be part of my journey mm. at all. I used it, I think, as a mask and believed I needed it to make me more confident or to be more outgoing. I'm quite introverted, so sort of, to sort of bring that out of me. To relate to other people, to have fun, actually, yeah. because if you look at any marketing out there in our society it says alcoholic was fun. Yeah. You look at the next month, leading up to Christmas, what that will be. Yeah. Drink, eat, indulge. Champagne, it's good. Go all of it. it. Yeah. 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 And it's fun is alcohol or Alcoholic is fun. They're yeah. so intertwined. And yeah. the most surprising thing for me is I, It's it's nice to know self in a really different way and realize that's not necessary.
0: we talked with a fellow um the spanish word is coming up paisano you know with greg our our discussion with greg and he talks about the difference with coffee and he explains it really well because coffee Mm. affects the central nervous system Mm -hmm. whereas for example cacao affects the cardiac system which brings you down into your heart Mm. and we are living in a in a society where there's such overstimulation, mm-hmm. and it's affecting our central nervous system. So it's a addiction, isn't it? It's we're addicted to screens, we're addicted to all of these kind of things, mm-hmm. and we have to have that constant input mm-hmm. of stuff. So I want to try and come back a little bit to how the hypnotherapy can work, how is it that you work? because there's there's you know, apparently there's a show, and I because I did a little bit of research and there's this new show that is called, it's in the UK and it's you're back in the room where they have this, this hypnotherapist and they have the contestants and they hypnotize these people and it's it's actually very funny you know because they get them to do things you know I remember the one scene was you know they, they hypnotize the guy so that they say you're gonna, when you're ironing you're going to be you're, you're going feel your pants are really tight and then of course that happens and so it's very entertaining of course but there, there's the showmanship of hypnotherapy where there's been a lot of shows Yuri Geller and so on but in a therapeutic sense mm. what does it look like because there's a, i think there's a lot of fear around it you know i think and the fear is of losing control mm. you know having that loss of control that somebody else is going to dominate your mind and you know Somebody's going to say, you know, when you wake up and you get out of my hypnotherapy session, I've already programmed you that your pants are going to feel tight <laughs> and you're going to walk out of here, you're going to limp out and it's like, what has happened to me kind of yeah. thing. Can you describe a little bit to sort of take that fear out of, of, mm. of a hypnotherapy session and talk a little bit about that's a big question about the brain waves and how what where you the subconscious mind and how that happens and are you completely you know knocked out and fall, fallen mm. asleep mm. i think that's really important
1: yeah no it, it's, uh, it's a very good question and and there is i think a really preconceived notion about what hypnotherapy is and it is you're going to look into my eyes and then you're going to bark like a dog <laughs> it's that kind of the tv <laughs> hypnotherapy So I think one of the main aspects of hypnotherapy is the way that it does impact the mind is you're very open to suggestion, which is why it makes for great TV viewing for those that want to have a TV and be entertained in this way. Mm -hmm. But I think that the difference is the method of hypnotherapy that I work with combines all the other elements we talked about earlier. So it's using it as a vehicle to get into a state to access on a deeper level, you know, and understand why certain behaviors, thoughts and actions are coming up. Is it scary? Uh, Are you out of control? No, I'd say not. Um, I can speak from my personal journey with it. And when I go into hypnosis, I actually feel really clear. I don't Mm. feel a state of trance. That's me personally. Everybody is different. But I know that my answers are coming from a different place. They're not coming from my conscious mind. They're coming from a deeper place and they're coming from my subconscious mind. And if we think about the subconscious everything is stored in us, every flower we've smelled, every sunset we've seen, Mm. every meal we've tasted, every sense we've experienced is within our body. And it's just like getting a magical key. I liken it to going down the stairs into a basement and we have the magic key to open that door and access all that is inside us. And Mm. I know statistics vary greatly, but we use about 10%, arguably, uh, Mm. but about 90% it is in us all the answers we seek to whatever it is that's impacting our life in a way that we don't want it to in a negative way is inside of us even traumatic experiences they are like that because we have a feeling and belief attached to them we can't take them away but we can empower the beliefs that you attach to something that has been leaving you small leaving you stuck mm-hmm. um, whatever that is I liken it as well too. it's a journey, a really exciting journey into your subconscious. And I have the privilege of holding my client's hand while we go there. It's super safe. It's very, very gentle. There is, it's like a conversation, but the answers, as I said, are coming from another place. But I work um, 98% virtually and I came at this method um, as a client, as I mentioned very dubious how can you be hypnotized on a screen on zoom you know how does that work (laughs) and in actual fact I get asked that quite a lot but I think it's actually more powerful um, in the state of hypnosis so uh, my client would have their eyes closed from when we go into the hypnotherapy but before and after the session they're in their safe space there's no getting out in the world there's no having me in their home there's Mm -hmm. no you know uh, coming to a clinic it is It's there and you can really, I believe, immerse yourself more in the before and after that journey because it is deep work. Mm. The sessions tend to be two to three hours long. I I went a couple of weeks ago, it was three and a half hours long. but That's what she needed. Mm. So you don't want to do anything. I I find they're very, you're emptying Mm. um, so that you can refill. And that's part of the process that comes after. But it's very safe, it's very unscary, and it is just like... Yeah, it's a journey into self and you're in complete control at any time. Mm. I don't believe we can program in anything that I can't, like you might ask someone a question and have got one of their facts wrong and they will correct you because their mind is still, you know, they know that. So it's not about using puppeteering someone through something. It's more about holding a hand and guiding Mm. and it's incredible. It continues to blow me away uh, more and more. I love it
0: the the subconscious mind comes to that the image of having that iceberg where you've got the small little tip mm-hmm. on the top and then mm-hmm. underneath the ocean yeah. you know that is what it is and i remember when we when we did our session mm-hmm. And the image that came up was something that was would always come up in therapy. It was a very traumatic situation that I had happened when I was young. And it, it just every time I go into something, it would come back. And I remember in that session, I had that ability to see it in a completely different light. Yeah. And that was for me, now I look back at that scene, and it's no longer traumatic for me. Yeah. I see it in a very different light. It was like that, that situation was healed. Yeah. And now I can look back at it with a lot of compassion...
1: Yeah, I think that's um you you put it really eloquently. Um I get that feedback sometimes about people's experiences and it is that it's going into a scene that you know and it's been a trauma point and you can see it, but until you can be there in the state of hypnosis, you have the power, you know, there's a lot of different tools that we can play with and sometimes it is what do you want to say in that situation? Mm. This is your chance to voice it. What yeah. do they say in return? And so you can be empowered, even the greatest of traumas and people live through so much stuff. Yeah. It's just it's humbling to see what people live their lives through and how, yeah, I, I, it continues to people mm. impress me immensely. Yeah, it allows you to change your, put you in that situation again in a way, but be empowered in it and walk mm-hmm. away from it. And, you know, it changes everything, I think, yeah. to be there. Yeah. And to, you know, bring that, if it was a childhood issue, yeah. bring that child to be a part of your adult life. Pull yourself totally out of there. That's empowering yeah. because it leaves it behind. And it can't, we can't change what happened, but we can absolutely change the stories that we attach to that. And therefore, the beliefs about ourselves, and therefore how we show up in every way in the
0: world—it's
1: mm. mm, incredible to see it's
0: so much about our beliefs, right? And it's how we how we interpreted it, yeah. whatever that trauma was, and how we read into that at that time, and having being able to look back at that and seeing it with a completely different perception. And it's about the per- change of perception—a lot of mm. change of perception because otherwise, you know, those traumas—if we don't heal them, mm. then we carry them around with us, and that's like baggage. <laughs> it's-
1: it's a huge amount of heavy baggage. It's
0: baggage, it's heavy, you know, you want to be lighter in life and especially, you know, with the transformation that's happening in the world, it's like moving forward, we need to let go of all of that, it's letting go. Absolutely,
1: there's a, a couple of analogies I quite often use and one is like, you know, you're at a crossroads now and you, you're you standing in the a 45 degree Spanish sun with a winter coat on and now is the time you take off that coat <laughs> and you put down that backpack and you tip it upside down and you shake it out until everything is out of it. And then what do we do? We start to refill that again, yeah. um, let go of the heavy coat, let go of the weights that you're carrying. And that's kind of what the process yeah. is. We need to do that. We need to empty because everything that continues to go in that, that bag and, and get filled up, if there's stuff at the bottom, that just starts to rot. And yeah. it you know it needs to all come out every now yeah. and again so that we can liberate ourselves take off that hot winter's coat on the you know summer's day and breathe again and move easy again and live our life to our full potential it's a lot about that I work with a lot of people about that who want life to be more and know it exists but need to break through something in order to get there
0: yeah and I think a lot of people fear success (laughs) hugely It's like you know what if you 're successful, and what what do you do when you get there? but I think that it's it's it, it sounds like such a soft and gentle way, and your your mm. nature I know because i 've experienced your work, mm. and I know that it is a soft and gentle way, so that even though touching those experiences that may be painful and maybe be traumatic it 's just doing it in a like you were saying, holding your hand, and that 's just so nice to have somebody to hold your hand to really meet that trauma. Mm offload your luggage and, and really move forward in a lighter way. Don't we all want that, you know, mm. really?
1: Absolutely. Really. And
0: I love what you're saying about rot. You know, I work in water, and when water is not flowing, it stagnates. You know, in the traditional Chinese medicine, when, when they look at the meridians and, you, you know, you want to get the energy, the qi, the, the energy flowing. Mm. And if you don't, then it rots, and that leads to disease. And it's a dis-ease. It's when you're not mm. at ease, So, yeah, I know that in personal experience, Mm. holding on to that trauma is that it led to, you know, life threatening illness. And when we know this, it's, you know, we really need to get clear Mm. on that and just let go, Mm. letting go, letting go. Absolutely beautiful. I love it. So, I want to kind of move into looking at like modern-day hypnosis and how are how are we kind of maybe hypnosis slash brainwashing and how TV, social media, all of these things are having an impact on your subconscious mind and how this is affecting the modern world and how – can you tell us about your view and how this is from a hypnotherapist's point of view and how this is affecting people's lives?
1: Yeah, it's uh... – There is a lot of feeling around that is, there's a lot of signs around and messages and TV and everything is directed at, we think it's to our conscious, we think we understand the messages but there's so much subliminal messaging everywhere Um, and I'm someone I have, I've never bought a TV, I've had a TV, I think 17, 20 years ago. I don't own one. Um, I don't read newspapers. I'm told I'm ignorant for that, but ignorance is bliss if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read magazines. I live in a bit of a bubble. It's a nice bubble, but I feel like we get the information that we need. Um, social media, I was off for a few years and I'm back on it because I inverted commering, we, we need it for our businesses, mm-hmm. apparently. But to be, you know, in touch with things. But I think that we get news and I think it does a couple of things. We're so distracted, um, whether we know it or not, our subconscious minds are not in our everyday because we're being fed news about things on the other side of the world or everything that is bad and it's, we're being conditioned in a, a big way, I think, to not feel that things are okay as they are. Mm. And a lot of the messaging is not positive. It's very negative out there. Um, and even we spoke about, you know, drinking or using vices, all of the messages that are underlying that, no one comes up with a billboard and said drinking is fun. It's But the subliminal messages in the mm. images that relate to that are very much there. What went on in the last couple of years, obviously, with 2020 and things and, and people not having as much social contact with each other or any at all for a period of that, we're relying on messages to be fed and that's a great position of power for the master spinners out there um, to get that message (laughs) out there to people. And I think we need to be more conscious than ever about what we're allowing into our minds, what we're allowing ourselves to see, what we're allowing ourselves, it goes through to everything, the food and drink and everything. But even what do you want to watch or to read? Like We need to be selective because... You use the um, you know the iceberg analogy. What you're seeing is a tip of the iceberg of what the message is. It's deeper and it's bigger. And I think unless we, there is a, a kind of mass hypnosis in a way that there is the threat that people stop to think for themselves and they stop to make you know analytical decisions based on the information they see. We're so in these busy lives and caught up and phone in hand and work to go to, and you can be more and keep striving that information that's fed easily is arguably the easiest to bring in but it's the most dangerous as well mm. and i think that uh, there needs to be a conscious decision to not be fed things but to choose and to step away and take your power back over over your mind and therefore how you live your life but it's very powerful and increasingly more ingrained as there's more of a dependence on all of our gadgets for information. Mm. We don't go outside to experience what the weather is like. Okay, maybe some of us do. But a lot of, they'll, they'll go on they'll be standing at the window and go on their phone to the weather report. So someone else is giving them information. That's not damaging, but you know, if you roll that on to bigger causes, like everything the yeah. newspaper said this morning is the fact it is then that's not a necessarily healthy reality yes. to start to live in.
0: I love that you bring this up because, you know, the people of, in the villages, you know, in the evening, you know, they'll know what kind of light is there and then they'll know the kind of weather that they're going to have the next day because the red light, if the sun is setting in a certain way, then tomorrow's weather is going to be like this. They know when the winds are going to be coming up because they more are more in tune with nature, and so this example that you're giving is like getting on an app, checking the weather, and then we're, we're becoming less what – it, what it's all doing is disconnecting us from our nature. You know, you were talking earlier on about masks, and I see a lot of people, you know, where we live here in Marbella, and you see all of these people that are, you know, big lips and no wrinkles and – now the fashion is to have a big bum and you know, and then what happens when it's not? You know, you've got to have it taken out. And then if you listen to Pernil's talk about, you know, cemeteries and you think about all these fillers that they take them in and then they go to the grave, mm-hmm. and it's like we've just losing such touch of our natural essence mm-hmm. and that authenticity mm-hmm. of who we are and who we've come here to be, and to our gift to the world. Mm-hmm. What is it that we're here to do? And if we're stuck on social media, if we're stuck on, on listening to the message that they're telling us, what we're supposed to look like, how we're supposed to dress, this year it's going to be purple, next year it's going to be another color, and then what do you do with all those clothes? Get things that are you, mm-hmm. authenticity. Mm-hmm. But there's that fear of like standing up and saying, you know, this is me. But you've got to have that courage, mm-hmm. And the courage is, I love the word courage because it's originally from the French word, which means coeur, which Mm -hmm. is the heart. And it comes from the heart and not from being in the head. So how would you, I've got a daughter who is 19 and she's on social media most of the time. And I'm sure that there might be many mothers or parents who are listening and who are thinking, what can we do about our children? I look back now and I would give, advice to a mother and say control it now
1: they're a different generation now they've grown up in very different worlds to what we did Mm. so I think that there's a middle ground as well I could say I think from where my standpoint in my early 50s of this is how it should be and you know we didn't have those things so you don't need them but It isn't the same kind of need or not need as us because we didn't grow up with them. They are born into a really different world of communication. So Mm. there's an understanding that we need to have for the needs of that generation. But within all the technology, there is an amazing well of wonderful information. Mm. And it's about diverting and creating an interest and leaving, you know, helping them to expand their own minds by pursuing not just that mainstream that's going to tell you if you're good enough or not or if Mm. you look good or are smart or uh, can accomplish things because that's how people judge themselves, that really that social media harshness and messaging and conforming, to encourage them to expand other things because technology has so much good in there as well if we look for it. It's like a diet, isn't it? It's restricting what we put in our mind because mm. we want our mind to be better, in better condition. And I think that it, um, diet is the wrong word, it's very restrictive, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a horrible word, yeah. but it is about, you know, thinking what we think we put in our body in terms of what do we need for fuel and how do we want to feel, our mind is the same. Yeah. I don't envy any parent in that situation. (laughs) I see my sister uh, in Australia. She's very alternative. She lives on the land. She has three kids that were born at home on the porch. And my 13-year-old nephew is such a big gamer. And he's been brought up. He could not have been brought up. Steiner schooled, um, all the rest of it. And he's a serious gamer. And it's like I don't know where that leap comes from, Mm. but there's that gateway of i don't know i'm understanding that he comes from another world and i won't yeah. understand that need but it is about keeping the creativity open and about yeah being selective about what is watched
0: yeah i, I think. think it's i think the word comes to me is discernment mm very much so having that capacity to say, okay, this is what I'm going to consume, Mm. not only through my eyes, not only through my ears, not only through what I put into my mouth, not only the choice of exercise or the choice of place or the choice of friends. It's having that discernment of Audrey's talk about, you know, if you want to be happy, hang around with happy people and be in a happy Mm. environment. And I think more of us that make those choices... Um, we can all just radiate and become, you know, happier and we can create this world that we want to see. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And
1: I just, with the hypnotherapy, it's a lot about that. You know, if you think about our minds, our minds can only act on what we, the thoughts we feed it and the images we feed it. So we feed it negativity or outside sources, then that's what our reality becomes. Whereas we have the power to, to change that simply by changing the thoughts we can have those you know negative thoughts about ourselves and how we feel and how we fit in and be brought down by external sources but when we feed our mind with um, positivity and self-encouragement and belief then that's what our world radiates our outer world can only be a manifestation of our internal world Mm. and a lot of that begins in in our mind like how we talk to ourselves. If they start the day with, oh, I didn't sleep well, and oh, I look terrible in the mirror, and "Oh, whatever else, that runs on because we carry that. But if we start in a more positive way and tell ourselves a different message, the mind is a brilliant thing, but it doesn't have a filter. It doesn't differentiate between what's good, bad, right, wrong, healthy, unhealthy. It says that you're not good. It's going to do everything it can do to show you that you aren't. Um, exactly. It's and a self
0: fulfilling process. Absolutely, hundred
1: percent. It. Yeah. it it all comes from here and yeah. it sounds very easy to overcome that. And it's not necessarily because we're conditioned in so many ways to not feel those mm. things. Yeah, I think our internal personal messaging to ourselves and the way we speak is it rolls into the greater world as well and, you know, media and how we're impacted and what we mm. feed into our minds is we need to be careful and very uh, discerning and very mm-hmm. selective.
0: Does this come into a little bit of what self-hypnosis would be? Mm-hmm. How would, because, you know, maybe somebody, you know, wouldn't have the finances to be able to, you know, pay for, for a whole, you know, session or whatever. So how can you can recommend people to do a little bit of self-hypnosis? How can we, how, is that possible? What does that look like?
1: It's absolutely possible and it is a fairly simple process. Um, You would begin yourself in the same way that I would begin to work with a client and you talk yourself down into a state of hypnosis. And again, I use that word and and, um, it doesn't mean that you're making yourself go into a deep trance necessarily, but it's in a point where you are opening up your mind to be more suggestible and you're opening up and being able to communicate with your subconscious. So I think uh, self hypnosis is is brilliant for that. Um, you have the images; it, it's quite visual. Um, the sessions and the new way of being we we work together uh, with trying to change with clients. It's the same with self. So you get clear on your visions. You know, if you don't want to feel something we spoke about earlier, it's about turning your back on it and getting really clear on what you do want to feel. Mm. So by putting yourself in that that state of being highly suggestible in the state of hypnosis. The visuals are there and we can absolutely change our lives. As part of the work that I do during the session, I make a like a bespoke recording for each client and we've had a session to uncover and that's the fun bit. That's mm. getting creative on what you do want and that's where the repetition through its a scientific process of you know the changing our neural pathways because we have the ability to do that and in our world now it's one of the wonderful things about technology understanding the science of mm. how we work is phenomenally incredibly interesting and we keep learning more but we can we, we have neuroplasma we can regrow a part of our brain it's phenomenal yeah through this repetition and feeding in the new and You know, even if that doesn't resonate in the beginning, um, that's the message, that's eventually what we're going to get. Yeah, it's very powerful to know that we can change that in a scientific way in our minds. But through self-hypnosis on a lighter level by, yeah, putting yourself in that that place and getting clear on what you want to feel instead. Mm. Just, it's deep work, but that process, through doing that and showing up and committing to that process, that does facilitate change. You know, and it even begins with knowing that you're showing up for yourself and committing to the process feels good, and then that just rolls forward mm-hmm. with the messages that you're sending yourself.
0: Beautiful. As you know, I love water, and I'm always, water's my master, really. It's my greatest teacher. And what's coming up for me is just, you know, when the water is murky, you can't see clearly, mm. and you need to have still water, the water needs to be still. So, in that process of finding stillness, and that's, you know, when your central nervous system is overstimulated and you're so accustomed to reaching for your phone, so it's really good to maybe turn off your Wi Fi, turn off your phone, maybe even going out into nature and just finding a stillness, and maybe even going next to a river if you can find it, or listening to the birds and just finding some stillness and getting away mm-hmm. and seeing what emerges from that stillness right
1: absolutely absolutely and meeting
0: it with a little bit of compassion and saying Mm. okay this is something that's happened but yeah okay we're not going to put focus on this we're going to put focus on the other Mm. and where we want to go and and yeah if we all did that taking that responsibility of our lives really Mm. because that's what we're here to do is to shine really isn't it absolutely and
1: I think that it does we need to take that time out for ourselves and to connect with something different and to switch off from all of the messages and images and information and everything that we're overloaded with and I think part of the process is really about coming home to self mm. and knowing what that is and what mm. that looks like and how that feels and and where it is inside and locating with it and I think stillness and silence and that connection to nature is a really powerful part of that. I know I, I've just moved recently to very close to the beach and I it is life-changing to wake up in the morning and walk along the beach and no phone goes on before then and it's just a total different foundation, I feel, starting my day. And,
0: mm.
1: yeah, it's easy to get the last few months have involved in travel and cities and mm. busyness and a disconnection to a certain extent and there's this body sigh and there's something that just lights up air when you walk onto the beach in the morning and mm. you see it like that and it's an important reminder of you know, the need to stop yeah. and the need to be silent and the need to listen what's in and I think it gives space for things to come up and I think to use the word courage again and then it takes courage to want to look inside yeah and it takes strength and sometimes maybe too often we go through life and we're standing in that precipice uh, and we're knowing that we want change and that we really want it, but it's scary.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we've got a couple of choices. We stand at that precipice and we either wait till we're pushed or we take the power and we jump. But either way, we're going to go down there and we need to explore and do that in order to grow, to mm-hmm. allow into our life the things that we want our life to be filled with. Yeah. So it's but. Yeah, stillness is important, mm-hmm. and can, and gifting yourself the time to go within. It's not um, detracting from anything else; it's adding to everything, isn't it?
0: Yeah,
1: it's yeah. We're told that maybe it's selfish to want time for ourselves, or no. life gets busy, or you should and you could, and you, you know you would, <laughs> and all of that. But actually, that is yeah. the gift. Um, you know, if we come from that foundation of strength and knowing ourselves and. Having you know the courage to face things we want, then we bring out a different ripple into the world.
0: Yeah, and
1: we have a different light to shine, mm. and um, it's, yeah, it's very empowering.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to give a little interjection there because there's a biologist called Wallace Nichols who has written a book, The Blue Mind. And obviously, you're very blessed to live by the beach and to be able to do that. And for those of you who aren't, who don't live near a body of water or a river he studied and realized that people who live near water are happier. But he's also discovered the fact that just even listening to water, so the sound of water, so maybe get a fountain and put in the in a place, maybe in, a, in an ideal place in your home or, you know, do a meditation with listening to water or just, you know, a shower. Mm. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying that 95% of their ideas come when he's in the shower, So that's, you know, that's the water, that's the power of water, and that's what I'm really excited about. I just wanted to ask you a couple, unless there's something else that you would like to say that I haven't asked you about hypnotherapy that you'd like to interject on.
1: No, nothing specific. Um, I just feel that we all deserve to give ourselves the time and space to heal and to grow and to let go of everything that burdens us and it mm. keeps us down and playing small in life, we all deserve to step off that plateau and play large. Can you work with uncreative or unvisual people? Yes, that's a good question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would say for some for some clients, it is more difficult to get into the regression. Sometimes there's a block. It's very telltale Like that is part of their process. I see that is where they're meant to go. It really highlights. Maybe a door that is needs more pushing in, so there's different techniques to go to get into the mind, and a lot of people are very skeptical, especially if they're from very maybe corporate background or ways which have answers like a very scientific or mathematic mind, and not from as you said the creative kind of side. But absolutely, um, we use just different deepening techniques and to get in there. But everybody can has the ability to be hypnotized and to access. All the knowledge and wisdom and answers that we have within—I I believe that. Yeah, I really do. Some are harder nuts to crack than others, but everyone <laughs> is a nut that can be cracked. <laughs> um, and
0: there's the crack, and there's through the, through the crack, through the light comes the, through. Right,
1: absolutely comes through, yeah. uh, and that's where you know we can start to shine once you crack through. But absolutely, yeah, I believe so.
0: What's the weirdest thing in your fridge?
1: Well, My fridge has been empty for months because I haven't had a kitchen since March. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, I have over the years fairly consistently kept a bottle of clear nail polish in my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> because somebody told me years ago in my London years that that's what you had to do. And I should never have trusted her. She actually ran off with a lot of money from me. (laughs) (laughs) But I still keep my nail polish in the fridge. (laughs) And I'm scared not to because I don't know the difference. And you know me, I'm I'm fairly unadorned. (laughs) So that clear nail polish is my um, fridge cosmetic.
0: (laughs) And also during 2020, I I didn't want to finish the podcast without bringing this in. You wrote a book. I did. (laughs) Tell us about your
1: book. I wrote a, uh, thank you for bringing that up. Um, I wrote a cookbook. Um, So I've been a vegan 28 years now. And it's been, it's just my lifestyle. It's me. It works for me. Um, I'm blown away to see the world and the expansion of veganism. Mm. I think there's this whole new element, which is environmental, which is amazing. I'm talking fast because I'm, otherwise I'll go down a rabbit hole of, all the food stuff. But to answer your question about the book, um, the book is called uh, The Reboot Transformations Cookbook. Reboot Transformations is my business. And I just, it was one of my lockdown babies. It is vegan recipes, mostly gluten free. The way I feel about food is that apart from baking, baking is a science, but the rest, it is about fusing flavors and feeling food and getting creative and having the passion. And so I wanted my book to reflect that and a lot of the recipes are more a handful or a little bit or for feeling the food in a way, Um, all plant-based. I've seen one other avenue of veganism kind of come up with the expansion of veganism, and that is you can live as a really unhealthy vegan. You can live on junk food these days and processed food. It's brilliant because if less people are eating meat, then the environment is in a better place. But in terms of health, I think there's a division between plant-based and veganism, Mm. and I believe my book reflects more a plant-based... Very easy to make recipes, easy to source ingredients, um, easy on a budget, Mm. easy on time. And yeah, I had a great pleasure in writing it. I've always been drawn to food. I can't wait to get a kitchen back and cook next week. I hope it's available on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and I can always post a link. In... We'll
0: post, post the link in the show notes, yeah. yeah, I love it. I, I, it's a reference for me. I've done a lot of recipes from it, and I really love it. It's colourful, it's gorgeous, and it's really easy recipes to follow. So I hope that people will look up your book and and buy it. Where can people find you, Nikki?
1: People can find me on my website. I went blank for a moment there. My website, <laughs> my business name is reboottransformations.com. I am on the social media on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Nikki Estevorak is my name on LinkedIn and Facebook, and reboot Nikki underscore reboot underscore transformations is my Instagram. And I have been glaringly inactive for the past few months, but mm. I'm launching back. I've just yeah been doing some behind the scenes stuff, and we're ready to go. Yeah, but I always, you know, very happy to just speak to people, yeah. organize a chat, see if I'm the person for them, they're the person for me, if yeah, if we have a flow and and if we resonate to work together. But I'm always very open to a chat mm-hmm. about You're anything, anything at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask you this: if you had a billboard, what would it say? Hmm. It would say,
1: or well, what just came to me is, you can.
0: That's
1: you can. it. You can. I yeah. love that. Whatever you want to put after you that, can. you can. It would be have to be big and very simple, you know, just nothing bright but a statement. You can. That's the shortest we've had yet, isn't it? Six <laughs> letters. I don't know if that's bad or good.
0: <laughs> I worked with somebody once who was didn't like to speak unnecessarily and he once wrote
1: a letter to somebody who was asking him something and it just said no. That says it speaks volumes in the the right circumstances.
0: I just wanted to say something because when I did look up on this whole thing about hypnosis, the first recorded description of hypnosis dates back to ancient Egypt, 1,500 years before Christ. Mm. And they had healing sanctuaries known as sleep temples And they used a type of suggestion therapy. And it's really interesting because people would be healed from physical and mental problems. But it really wasn't until the 1800s that it became sort of a known thing, right?
1: It's true. It goes way back. And I think when we look at older cultures, we see they had much more of a connection to themselves. They didn't have Wi-Fi, which is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. They had the Internet. (gasps) Yeah. inner They they had the Internet. I love that. I love that. They did. Yeah. And so there was a different connection to to themselves um, and an awareness. And you think a lot of ritualistic dancing is to invoke a trance-like state, to connect with ourselves on a deeper level. And, yeah, I, I think it is. It's in much more recent time that we see the power of it. And I think even arguably now even coming into the mainstream is probably a bit generous, but people looking for different ways to connect with themselves and not yeah. looking for something external like a pill to pop something to put mm. in they're willing and ready to do the journey on yeah. a different level and it's i see it as and lots of other modalities that really mm. dive within the person as becoming more and more our go-to's mm. in our society
0: because we kind of look for a quick fix pop mm. a pill mm. just whatever just mm. make it make it go away
1: yeah
0: Yeah, so we encourage people to take a deep dive into themselves and, yeah, start exploring different ways. And I hope this has helped people to understand a little bit more about hypnotherapy. I really... Thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope people can contact you and find you. We'll have all the links in the show notes, and I really appreciate you being here. Thanks, Rob, for your wonderful input of your oh. questions. I love I love Rob's at the heart of this, so yeah. it wouldn't be possible without Rob.
1: I feel very privileged to meet Rob in person today. You've been the voice <laughs> behind the mic, so it is an honor, and Tanya, you you're magical and you just keep creating the magic in the world that you are creating. Mm. Um, You have a powerful message and you are finding your ways. It's beautiful to share that message. So keep doing what you're doing. Both of you, you're an amazing team. So I'm very privileged. Thank you both
0: so much for your time. Well, it's because of fascinating people like yourself. So thank you.
1: I'm going to have the last. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, some people are hard to crack. Huh. Um, once I we couldn't go anywhere, I had to come back. Really, and yeah. we, I, we, I just something ha- actually her power went down. It was the universe saying no, 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 <laughs> no. Oh, now. really?
0: The electricity? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like okay, I guess we were walking around and around. A
0: message from the universe. It's those, all those little subtle messages it's like, from the oh, universe. All right, no, I'm thinking mm,
1: she's not in the right place. And yeah. Yeah, but I do now um, a bit of breath work before we start to take them out because people arrive from you don't know what world. That's the thing about virtual, actually. Yeah, You don't know where they're coming from, but you know they're giving themselves the time and it's about bringing them into that space. Mm. And, yeah, it's interesting. Space. Yeah. I love the word space. Space. It's a good, yeah. It's my
0: favorite, one of my, fav- one mm. of my favorite. One of my favorites. One of your favorite. Let's have the space to do that. Yeah,
1: it is. And mm. I think, you know, that's when we do anything to change whatever we want to do. It's part of that is that message we send to ourselves. Oh, you must be worth it. You're giving yourself that hour for the massage or um, that time for the music or that time for... That's a good, like, subliminal message. It's huge that we send yeah. to ourselves just to opening up to it, giving yourself the time for it. Yeah, it's, and realizing we do have time. We just need to make it.
0: Well, we hope that you enjoyed that as much as we did. Again, thank you so much for taking time out in your precious day to join us. Contact me if you're interested in individual coaching or curious about my bespoke transformational retreats and journeys in Spain. My website is thrivewellnessjourneys.com and on Instagram, I'm Tanya Wellness. You can find all the links in the show notes. My life was totally transformed through my training as a wellness coach. So if you're interested in becoming a holistic wellness coach like myself, I highly recommend the IAWP. The link is in the show notes and they'll provide you with a free student starter kit. And if you enroll in their course, we'll benefit and it helps keep our podcast alive. I'd also like to mention that Rob runs an audio production company. He records people's life stories so that you can hear the voice of your loved ones even when they have left this physical realm. Imagine how cool that is. A real family treasure. Please feel free to share this podcast, and we wish you a beautiful day.